Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. The Indigenous Conservation Curriculums for elementary and high school students are beautiful and insightful learning resources that were produced by the United Nations Association in Canada. They were launched at the beginning of June of 2022 to coincide with Indigenous History Month and the World Environment Day. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with the CEO of the United Nations Association in Canada to discuss these fantastic resources and how they teach about Indigenous cultures and ways to protect the natural world. And these resources are not just for schools. They can also be used at home and in other informal learning settings, such as summer camps. Jamie Webb is the president and CEO of the United Nations Association in Canada, and this curriculum combines her deep interest and background in Indigenous cultures and sustainability. She spent almost two decades shepherding new sustainability concepts, approaches, and technologies through the transition from scientific facts to internationally recognized best practice. With the World Bank and United Nations, she built partnerships bringing new donors, stakeholders, and views to the table. Thank you so much, Jamie, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm, I'm so happy that you were, we're here to talk about something that is happening in June and really uh, coincides with the fantastic program that you've developed. So it's Indigenous History Month here in Canada, and uh, you and your team have designed this Indigenous Conservation Course. For those who may not be aware of what the United Nations Association in Canada does, can you tell me a little bit about what you do? The United Nations Association in Canada is a charitable organization. We're 76 years old, so as old as the United Nations itself. And our mandate is to create awareness and understanding of the United Nations within Canada, support the implementation of Canada's commitments under the United Nations, and provide opportunities for young Canadians to engage with the United Nations and other global systems. So we're largely youth focused. We have about 20,000 members and supporters all across the country. And in addition to the national uh, headquarters in Ottawa, we have 12 branches in major cities and towns across the country. Wonderful. And yes, you do a lot of really great work and education is, is certainly a part of that, along with a lot of other portfolios that you hold. So it's Indigenous History Month now in June. Can you say to people who are outside of Canada, and maybe even in Canada, what does that mean? Because you deliberately wanted to take this Indigenous conservation courses and the course material and launch them in this month. Is that correct? Yeah, and we actually wanted to do that for two reasons. And it's because in addition to being Indigenous History Month, this is also the month where we celebrate World Environment Day. Mm -hmm. So World Environment Day is uh, led by the United Nations Environment Program. And it's when everyone in the world comes together to recognize the sustainability challenges that we're facing. Uh, and this year, the theme was only one Earth. So when we looked at that and we said, okay, we, we were the partner for the celebrations of World Environment Day in Canada, and it overlapped with Indigenous History Month. For us, it was a very obvious link to focus on Indigenous conservation and the role that Indigenous conservation has played in the past and continues to play 
in preserving the species, the ecosystems, the nature that Canada is so blessed to have. So really learning from what the Indigenous people have known for an incredibly long time of how to take care of the land and how to, how to take care of the environment. That's what you really wanted to pull out into these resources. Yeah, and also to honor all of the work that Indigenous peoples have done throughout history to conserve nature. For me, it was a very personal moment. My background is in climate change policy and environmental science. And I came to that because I grew up in the traditional and unceded territory of the Tsleil-Waututh Nation here in British Columbia, surrounded by beautiful coastline, clean oceans, green forests. And I recognized that I was able to do that. I was able to build that connection to nature in my youth because of the fantastic custodian that the Tsleil-Waututh Nation had been for generations. Um, so in addition to being very timely, it's very personal for me to be able to launch this course this month. Looking at it from that personal perspective, you grew up very close to nature in British Columbia. What kind of impact do you think that has on, on children as they grow up that they were in touch with nature? Because I, I too grew up camping and uh, loved going out into nature and I was always taught to appreciate the smallest little things. And I think that had a great impact on my life and being very aware of these issues. What is your experience with that? I think it's best illustrated by another story. Uh, when I was about 10 years ago, I was in a school with grade four students talking about forests and the mm -hmm. importance of forests. And we were going through the link between forests and the hydrological cycle and the important role that forests play in flood control, et cetera. And you know, I'm describing this in a very technical scientific way. And then this, this student at the front of the class kind of puts his hands up and he says, so is that why after it rains, the parking lot gets dried up really quickly, but when we go play in the forest, it's still wet. Hmm. And I thought, well, yes, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly the role of forests and the hydrological cycle and in flood control. And he had in one experience, from one memory of playing outside in recess after it had rained, understood why forests are so important for all of us. Uh, so, I've seen so many examples like that of, of students, of children, able to connect very complex environmental issues to their own experiences in and around nature. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just so wonderful and so inspiring to see every time it happens. Absolutely. And we're very lucky to have in Canada so many natural spaces that we can go and enjoy. And I've been of course, hearing more and more about uh, these forest schools for young children, but just getting out into the park is, is so important. And this course, this is for two curriculums, one for elementary and one for high school students. Tell me a little bit about the Indigenous Conservation course that, that you created. What is the overall purpose before we get into the details of each? So the, the purpose of the course is to help people understand uh, the role of Indigenous knowledge, Indigenous and traditional knowledge in our understanding of the earth and the environment. Uh, and so it takes a very specific lens. It was developed by a, a group of Indigenous educators, absolutely brilliant. And we're so grateful for them for sharing their traditional knowledge with us and the traditional knowledge of their community with us. And it's very, very practical course to say, these are the words we use to describe the things we see in nature. This is how nature is connected to our creation story. This is how nature is 
connected to where we as a source our food and our community gardens and what we grow in our community gardens. So it's an incredibly practical and very, very personal insight into indigenous and traditional knowledge and how it is beneficial for all of us to expand our understanding of the natural system in Canada. Absolutely. So it's really two huge aspects that it really teaches, having more of an awareness of Indigenous culture and also the environment and the the natural world around us and how it works and how to appreciate it. So it's a lot packed. Absolutely. Yeah, it is is a lot that's packed in, but it's packed in in a very logical way conscious manner that just flows uh, mm-hmm. and throughout the course we have uh, indigenous art created by two indigenous artists who worked on the project as well so that it's not just a, a technical journey it's also a visual journey and it uh, allows us to appeal to a lot of different learning styles mm-hmm. uh, to be able to kind of say for those who want to learn about this through art that's available in the course as well for those who want to learn about the stories we have a storytelling aspect and so it really appeals to a lot of different learning styles and can be adapted to different settings and different classes mm-hmm. absolutely and it's beautifully done I mean flipping through it it, it just is visually a, a very nice Uh, curriculum to flip through. And I mean, we speak about curriculum and course, but really this isn't just for schools. Can you just elaborate a little bit on the fact that this is wonderful for schools and and the traditional classroom, but it has a much wider perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So we were developing this project with Environment and Climate Change Canada, who provided all the funding, and we're very grateful for that. And in doing that, we were talking about who the attended learners are going to be. And we really saw a lot of value in preparing something that could be used for both formal and informal education and non-formal education. Uh, And it's adapted to those who might be teaching in the classroom, so may not be able to actually get out into nature, but also for people that are starting a summer camp and need something to teach one day when they're walking through the forest or uh, sitting down on the beach at a lake. Uh, It's designed to be very easily accessible for people who want to use it in homeschooling. Um, And it's also available in both English and French so that we can use it both for English and language education and of course, French language education across the country. Mm, That's great. And so it's good for people to know that. And especially with summer, uh, summer holidays coming, I'm sure a lot of parents and a lot of camps are looking for unique and and really useful material. So as I said, it's for, there's one for elementary school students and one for high school students. So tell me a little bit about what you hope that each of those groups really, I mean, you, you said what you hope they take away, but what do you think the key aspects are that they learn at those different age, age groups? It actually cuts across many of the other courses that schools may offer. I've been very privileged that my children have always been in the IB system where you bring subject matters together uh, under a unit of inquiry. And this course is really designed to fit that system insofar as there are language elements, there are art elements, there are science and biology elements. And that's what we want. We want to be able to take indigenous conservation and express it throughout different courses and different curricula so that it's not pigeonholed and said, okay, now we're doing social studies or now we're doing history. And that's where indigenous conservation belongs. The whole purpose of the course is for students to see that indigenous conservation and indigenous and traditional knowledge and history belongs 
everywhere Mm -hmm. in every aspect of what they're learning and understanding about the way our world works and our position within it. So that's really the impetus of the course. uh, And we, what we're hoping to get out of it is just that acknowledgement by students, both at the grade five, six level and grade 10, 11 level that indigenous conservation, indigenous knowledge, indigenous history and culture permeate throughout our understanding. How do you hope the students will apply this knowledge? I mean, of course, gaining the knowledge in itself is very important to start learning more about indigenous culture, conservation, the natural world. But is there some way that you hope that they will apply it? Yes. I what I love about young people is they actually make the best teachers. And what we're hoping is that the students who take this course are going to find something in it that appeals to them and that they're going to then teach that to others. So Mm -hmm. we are hoping that the students in this course are going to become the teachers of this course. And they're going to share that knowledge with their families, with their peers, with their own teachers and just say, Hey, I learned about this. I think we should all learn about this. Let's talk about it. Uh, And so that's what we would love to see. We'd love to see a bunch of students that become empowered and engaged as teachers to take this forward. The other thing that we would love to see that we haven't actually realized yet, because we are the UN Association in Canada, we do look at Canada's commitments under the UN. And one of those is the UN Declarations on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Uh, which was signed into law about just a little over a year ago in Canada. And it includes Article 14, which is the rights of Indigenous peoples to be educated in their own language and according to their own culture. Now, this course represents one Indigenous peoples, one, one nation, but we would love to see this serving as a pilot to help others understand how we can meet that Article 14 obligation to provide and develop material for Indigenous peoples to be learning in their own language and according to their own culture. Uh, but that's sort of a higher level objective that I don't certainly don't expect uh, our grade fives or grade tens to take on that burden. But I hope our teachers, the people that are delivering this course, will look at this and start to demand more material like this and to start to talk about it within their own school districts, within their own provinces as well. Absolutely. Yes, that would be a wonderful thing. Definitely. In this material, I mean, there's there is a lot to take away. Can you share something that you learned that you thought was interesting? What I actually spent a lot of time on was the the words and the language and um, understanding new words to describe concepts or things that I've been familiar with since, you know, I could speak my own language. And that to me, I don't know why, but that made a connection for me that was new Mm -hmm. Uh, just having a new word that is in fact an old word for the places that I know for the things that I see when I walk down the street when I walk through the forest Mm -hmm. uh, that really was special to me uh, and something that I took away from this course as a a gift uh, and I was very very appreciative of that oh that's good yes of course I mean seeing the way that other languages describe the world around them and and finding these new words that new to you that you thought oh there is no word in my language that actually describes that which is which is always very interesting to find out in in a different language in terms of the the educators you mentioned it's a formal and informal learning um so the educator really could be a wide spectrum of camp counselors parents guardians teachers 
So what would you like to let the educators know about teaching this topic? Is there a tip or something that you really wish to convey to them? A message that I'd want to pass on to educators is that this knowledge, this information was shared by the educators and by their community from a spirit of reconciliation, from a spirit of building a better understanding of different perspectives across Canada. And I'd love for that to be communicated to the students as well, an acknowledgement of where this course comes from, who developed and designed this course, and the fact that they are sharing very critical traditional knowledge, very important parts of their culture with all of the learners. Uh, so that's not written up in the teacher's guide or in the coursework, but that is an important message that we need to start to acknowledge when we are teaching materials that's been developed by, by Indigenous educators. Share something a little bit with us, something that we're, we might not be aware of, you think most people might not understand about Indigenous culture that is unveiled in this material. Um, that's a, a difficult question for me to answer personally, because I've been working with Indigenous peoples for so much of my career, and I've been privileged to have so many Indigenous scientists, Indigenous educators, Indigenous leaders share their knowledge with me. So it's a little bit difficult for me to step out of what I know to say yes. what would be surprising for others to know. Uh, but what I loved and what surprised me was the artwork. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when, when uh, the lead educator on this coursework said, I want to bring in some Indigenous artists, I had a vision in my mind of what that Indigenous artwork was going to look like. And it was mm -hmm. like the artwork that I see uh, in, the, in, in museums, in, even in Vancouver Airport, when you walk through Vancouver Airport. And the art that's in that coursework is very different. It, it's, it's surprisingly different from what I had conceived of as being traditional arts, indigenous art. And that was wonderful to see. Uh, there's you know, cartoons of uh, raccoons next to garbage cans. And uh, <laughs> it's wonderful to see that. And that did surprise me to see that reflection of culture in different styles of indigenous art. Mm, that's beautiful. Yes, it is beautiful artwork. And, and, uh, and I'm sure everybody will enjoy seeing that. And as I said, it's beautifully put together the entire material. We're talking about in Indigenous nations in Canada, but this material is really accessible and useful to people anywhere around the world, isn't it? It is. It's uh, while it uses a Canadian lens to look at Indigenous conservation, a lot of the elements, a lot of the learning journeys can be applied throughout the world. And I do think it has quite broad appeal and quite broad value. Speaking of the material, how can people access it? How can they download and, and receive these teaching materials? Absolutely. Uh, the best way to access it is by sending us an email. You can email us at info at unac.org and we can send all of the material to you, including all of the social media kits as well, if you want to promote it within your own networks. Uh, and it, as I mentioned, it is available in both English and French. And we have two versions, the version for grade five, six, and the other version that's targeted at grade 10 to 11. Great. That's wonderful. And that email address is, of course, going to be in the show notes so people can uh, access it and send you a quick email and, and ask for the material. So and you said that you hope that this will open a conversation. This is not 
the end of this curriculum. You hope that it will be the beginning of a journey. So what are you hoping for in terms of developing this curriculum further? That's a really good question. And it's part of a broader effort that we need to make as a nation to implement the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. I found it very easy to mobilize funding to get this coursework translated into French. I then said, I'd love to translate this course into other indigenous languages. And we've got the runaround. And I'm sorry, we don't have resources for that. There's no funding available for that. And uh, I, I pointed out that Canada has committed to providing more material in indigenous languages through its it's signing into law of, of UNGRIP, the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And that hasn't translated into action yet, either at the provincial or the federal level. So I'd love to see a broader discussion within Canada about how Canada can fully implement UNDRIP, how it can provide more support for Indigenous learning styles and learning in Indigenous languages, and how it can make courses like this more available more broadly across the country on other issues as well. This is focused specifically on conservation, but there's many angles and many subjects for which Indigenous and traditional knowledge is, is quite important. We're seeing action at the local school level, and there's some amazing stories about schools that are bringing in Indigenous teachers, Indigenous elders to support their programming, but it hasn't yet been formalized. Unfortunately, we still talk about these as great examples as opposed to the norm. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see that shift so that these fantastic case studies trigger the adoption of true consideration of Indigenous and traditional knowledge and learning styles within all of our schools across Canada. Right, absolutely. And can you tell us about the UN Declaration of Indigenous People, what that means and what can be done? So the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples was developed largely by Indigenous peoples who saw around the world an erosion of Indigenous rights. And these are Indigenous rights when it comes to culture, language, livelihoods, but also Indigenous rights over their land and their resources. So the UN Declaration protects those rights. And of course, this is global. This is not just it's Indigenous global. people in Canada. We're now talking globally. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it's, it's global. Uh, and it applies to all people who identify as, as Indigenous. Uh, there's some countries in which it's slightly problematic where you have people identifying as Indigenous, but governments not recognizing that. And the declaration tries to address that as well and say, there is an obligation to, uh, to recognize Indigenous peoples as uh, distinct, as a separate culture that they can self-identify. Uh, so it, it is the most comprehensive protection of Indigenous rights. Now, Indigenous rights are also protected on by the UN Declaration on Human Rights, mm -hmm. uh, but it was seen as not being sufficient to address the specific challenges faced by Indigenous peoples when trying to protect their human rights. Canada adopted it into law last year, and we're starting to see some of that come through in all aspects of Canadian law, everything from uh, granting of concessions for forestry or mining, uh, to understanding the truth and reconciliation process, to the you know, missing and murdered Indigenous women's uh, inquiry and the follow-ups to that. 
but there's certainly much more to be done and many, many different articles under that convention that Canada needs to turn its attention to, uh, both as a country and as, as a culture and sets of, a set of uh, peoples. And is there something that an ordinary person can do to help to advance this in any way? Is there something that everyday people can do? Absolutely. Uh, the first thing that you can do is to learn. Mm -hmm. um, to learn about the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, to learn about the land on which you live, whose territory you live upon, uh, what the culture associated with your land and your territory is, and just going out into your backyard and looking around or walking down your street in an urban area and envisioning and understanding all of the people who came before you on that land and recognizing and taking a moment to acknowledge that is the first step for all of us in becoming part of the imp implementation of that UN declaration. Wonderful. As you said, learning the history, the learning about the language, the people, all very, very important. Of course, I mean, the part of this curriculum, a huge part of it is the environment. If there's something, there's so much that we could be doing. But is there something that you can take away from this curriculum that young people and everyone really could be implementing in terms of helping the environment? The World Environment Day this year was celebrated on the theme Only One Earth. And what that is intended to do is acknowledge the fact that we are currently consuming and producing goods at a rate that exceeds the Earth's capacity to replenish itself. Mm -hmm. um, and only One Earth this year asked people to take one step to reduce their consumption. And I think that's a really great way to look at environmental problems. It, it could be anything from saying, I have three cups of coffee every day. I'm going to cut that down to two. Mm -hmm. That already has a benefit for our Earth's carrying capacity. It could involve saying, you know, my, my pledge, my personal pledge was my next business outfit. I'm going to buy it from a secondhand store mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to donate the money I'm saving to UNA Canada so we can continue to do the work that we're carrying out like this. And so it's just about looking at what you consume on a daily basis and just cutting out one or one thing or cutting back on one thing or, you know, for, for children, if your parents are saying, oh, I'll buy you a new stuffy, you know, maybe saying, no, that's okay. I've, I've got enough. Thank you. Those steps will have a significant impact if every person takes a step like that yes. on bringing us back to the earth's carrying capacity and enabling us to continue the lifestyle that we're continuing that we've realized now into the future. Mm, so important. And so often it's it's things that require just a little bit of organization because it's not even something you value consuming. For example, shopping bags when you go for your for your groceries or to go shopping. So I, I've gotten into the habit of putting quite a few recyclable bags or cotton bags into my car so I don't ever forget it. And then having an extra shopping bag is definitely not adding value to my life. But there's so much we could be doing. So that's a that's a really good point that you're making. It's about the consumption and thinking consciously, and that's what the course teaches. The course mm -hmm. teaches that the when you're interacting with your environment, you're interacting with nature, you're thinking about what that system gives to you. Yes. And then you're thinking about what you're taking out of that system 
when you make these choices. And it's, it's exactly what you said. Quite often, we're just making choices without thinking that through, without saying, do I really want this particular item? Do I really want this? You know, do I really want juice instead of water? Do I really want uh, a, another plastic toy from McDonald's? Yeah. It's just thinking about that and thinking about it within the framework of what am I taking out of the system when I bring this particular item into my life, into my home mm -hmm. and deciding then, okay, do I still want it? And I mean, we're not saying that you give up everything you love, absolutely not. But just that the course talks about the fact that you just, consciously think about what mm. you're taking out of a system and what that system is giving to you. And I love that because it is a system, which we often forget. We all, we, we don't, because it's hard to see a system that everything connects to everything else. And, uh, and I, and I really do think that's a very important takeaway to see that it is a system. It doesn't, nothing just disappears. Um, and, it impacts other parts of the system. So very interesting. Well, there's a lot that uh, that can be taken out of the course. And as you said, it sparks the, the conversation and the curiosity to learn more. Is there any resources in addition to the course that you would recommend and people read or watch in terms of indigenous cultures and also in conserving, conserving our planet? Yeah, the teacher's guide has a series of links to videos and additional content that people can, can pull up and have a look at. Fantastic. Uh, beyond that, it, there is a great website where you can actually, it maps Canada uh, according to the traditional territories so you can understand which nation's territories you're living on. Okay. Um, there's some great indigenous language guides on the, on the internet if you want to learn a few more words beyond what's provi provided in the coursework to describe where you live and, and your lifestyle. Uh, so there are some fantastic resources out there and I would encourage everyone to look through that teacher's guide and unpack some of those additional resources as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, this is very interesting. And as I said, going through the actual uh, documents are, are beautiful and inspiring, and there's a lot to learn. So I hope parents, guardians, camp counselors, teachers reach out to you and get their copies. Thank you very much. And I just would invite all of your listeners, if they're interested in receiving more information like this, to join UNA Canada, become a member. Um, as I mentioned, we've got about 20,000 members and supporters across Canada, and we would love for your listeners to join that group and uh, have access to more material just like this. So if you become a member, tell me a little bit more about what happens when you become a member? Yeah, so our, our members become part of UNA Canada family. We send out a newsletter whenever we have a new product like this or a new initiative. Uh, we also will receive invitations to events that we might be having in your city when an event pops up and um, to any of our webinars for, for members and guests. Uh, we're currently negotiating a few other benefits to incentivize members. We're in discussions with Via Rail right now to say, listen, we want to encourage people to take the train instead of flying. It's got a lower carbon footprint. So can we offer our members a via rail discount? So fingers crossed that will come through soon. But that's something else that we try to do is that when we're asked, we're acknowledging that our members are very active global citizens and we try to find benefits and tools and resources to allow our members to engage more broadly, both within Canada uh, and in their daily lives in their community. 
That's great. That's really good. And then going to the United Nations Association in Canada website, then you'll see the link there to be become a member. And of course, the website's link is also on, in the show notes. So that's a, a lot of great resources can be accessed by becoming a member. So thank you for letting us know. Well, Jamie, it's been absolutely a pleasure to talk to you and to find out more about this wonderful curriculum for all age groups and quite frankly adults reading through it myself I thought it was wonderful and I learned a lot so it doesn't have to be just for young people and children so thank you very much for sharing this thank you for having me and uh, happy learning